Good morning. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Welcome to 2022. Let me be careful in that. This is 2022, not 2022, as in 2020 also. We're not going back to 2020. 2022, I hope y'all all had great holidays, plenty uh, of time with family, relatives, guests over Christmas and New Year's. Thankful you're back here. Uh, a couple of things. We had a, uh, if you would, Jeff, throw up the um, Ebenezer. We had a, an opportunity uh, from a friend that was gifting uh, a contribution to Ebenezer and a matching fund for funds that would be given, he would match up to $25,000. That was successfully <coughs> met and in addition to that. And to date uh, in the fund is just over $235,000 to go to Ebenezer. So, yeah. Thank you very much. It, it's uh, it, it's put the wheels in motion. Uh, as any of, those, any of you may have been up there, we've already started on the parking lot up there, threading it off and clearing it off, uh, and, and plans are in process now beginning seriously towards some of the construction and getting some of that started. So real thankful for that. Uh, and it will be certainly used as, as this year uh, progresses. 2022. Uh, you know, kind of a reflection. Um, Bill starting a new series. Uh, it's got something to do with an oak tree. And uh, I was thinking coming in this morning, uh, driving down the interstate, crossed a, a pond, saw a pond, across the pond was a, a building. And just happened to look on the light reflected in that water and saw a cross. I just kind of challenge you as we start this new series, and Bill works on growth, planning. What are your plans? Where's your growth? When someone looks at you, what's reflected back? <coughs> could be your location. Could be your attitude. Could be your attire. But what does somebody see in you? I hope they see Christ in you. I hope you see Christ in me. We open to a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity of gathering here. I thank you so much for our brothers on the leadership team, those that just work tirelessly week in and week out to bring this to you, our friends, our family, our brothers. May we never forget you are the center of this, Lord. You're where we, where we draw our strength. You are the reason we meet. May you continue to be the center throughout this year. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. <clears throat> Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, I'm excited to uh, begin a new year, and uh, this is really not a series that we're beginning this morning, uh, but just a one-time session, and I'll tell you a little bit more about the series that we will start uh, next week, but I wanted to uh, just do a, a one-time session on setting goals, uh, being ready for the year, and uh, obviously uh, a good time to think about where you've been and where you're headed. So I want to offer you a song um, this morning. 
And before I offer you the song, I want you to turn over to Isaiah 61. Isaiah, the prophet. And um, I want to read uh, the passage because it has to do with the song and, and um, even what we're going to be talking about this morning. Uh, this is the passage that Jesus read um, as he began his public ministry. Um, he had been in the wilderness for 40 days, uh, been baptized by John, and, and then uh, in the wilderness for 40 days. And uh, after a 40-day fast, he walks into a little synagogue and pulls off the scroll of Isaiah. And um, this is what he read and this is how we begin formally. Uh, those of you who have been to our men's coaching weekend, AKA deer camp and fish camp, we, we begin uh, each weekend with this passage. I wanna begin this morning with this passage, Isaiah 61. Imagine sitting in the synagogue and a Nazarene guy that's haggard, been on a 40 day fast, stands up and reads this. The spirit of God, the master is on me because God appointed anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor, heal the heartbroken, announce freedom to all captives, pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies and to comfort all who mourn, to care for the needs of all who mourn in Zion, give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of news of doom, a praising heart instead of a language spirit, and rename them oaks of righteousness, planted by God to display his glory. And then verse four, they'll rebuild the old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. They'll start over on the ruined cities, take the rubble left behind, and make it new. You'll hire outsiders to herd your flocks and foreigners to work your fields, but you'll have the title priests of God, honored as ministers of our God. You'll feast on the bounty of nations. You'll bask in their glory because you got a double dose of trouble and more than your share of contempt. Your inheritance in the land will be doubled and your joy go on forever. Now, gentlemen, we could unpack that for days. But I want to draw your attention uh, to verse 3 and verse 4. Verse 3 will be called Oaks of Righteousness. And so our session this morning, I've just entitled it um, Live Oak Living. Live Oak Living. The strength and the stability of an oak tree. Um, you know, I live down in Fairhope, of course, and one of the beauties of Baldwin County is the numerous live oak trees down there. And the distinction of these live oaks is, of course, they never lose their leaves, that they drop the old leaves in the spring as the new leaves are coming out, but they've always got foliage on them. Live oak. They're noted... Uh, as, as I'm sure everybody's seen a live oak for their huge crown and, and those limbs just go everywhere. Um, and then the tap root is incredibly strong and then the root system is very broad. 
So, you know, the hurricanes and all that, it, it, it would be very rare to see a live oak tree blown down. Pine tree, oh yeah. Live oak tree, you don't blow a live oak tree down. And so it's this idea that God has called us as we grow in him, oaks of righteousness. And then verse four, let me just point out to you, it says, they'll rebuild the old ruins, raise a new city out of the wreckage. They'll start over on the ruined cities. They'll take the rubble left behind and make it new. Who's going to do that? Who's going to take the rubble and build something new from it? What does the passage say there? They will. We will. God will give us the resources to build. The easy answer when you first hear that question, who's going to do the rebuilding? God will. Well, God's going to use us. They will rebuild as a community. And so I want to offer you a song this morning that captures that thought. The name of the song is The Unmaking, and it's the idea of the unmaking is sometimes God will create rubble in our life in order to take that rubble and build something new. Now, let me ask you this simple question. What is a pile of glass to a janitor? It's just trash. Just sweep it up and throw it in the trash can. What is a pile of broken glass to an artist? A stained glass window, a mosaic, something incredibly beautiful. And guys, God's an artist and he's in the business of building something new. Let me just read um, the uh, chorus of, of this song that I'm going to play for you, The Unmaking. It says this, this is The Unmaking and talking about how God will create rubble in our lives or allow rubble to be created. This is The un Unmaking, the beauty in the breaking. Had to lose myself to find out who you are. Before each beginning, there must be an ending. Sitting in the rubble, I can see the stars. This is the unmaking. The longer and the tighter that we hold only makes it harder to let go. But love will not stay locked inside. A steeple or a tower high, only when we're broken are we whole. What happens now when all I've made is torn down? God will allow us to build something new. May you hear the voice of God and may he prepare you for the best year ever, 2022. This is where the walls gave way. This is demolition day. All the debris and all this dust What is left of what once was Sorting through what goes and what should stay Every stone I laid for you As if you had asked me to Monument to holy things Empty talk and circling Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Now, when all I've made is torn. 
Be on the alert. Stand firm in the dark. I mean, stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. It's time to grow. Time to set some goals. Follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph. Time to grow. Setting goals for growth. How about now? Time to grow up. New Year's is a time of deep reflection, both on the past year and on the one ahead. As a Jesus follower, New Year's has unique significance. It offers a sense of new beginnings. It's a time to reflect on important questions such as, where am I? Where am I going? What do I want? What am I afraid of? Psalm 90 is a prayer of Moses, and he asked of the Lord in Psalm 90, verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may present to thee a heart of wisdom, time, seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years is a gift to us from a good God. To wisely follow him then is to redeem our time and as we begin a new year, let's be deliberate and intentional about how we live. It's time to grow up. So guys, my intent this morning is to um, challenge you to make a plan 
for your own personal growth. If you don't have it written down, it's not a plan. It doesn't pass um, the test uh, to do like what Abigail, my youngest, did when she was four years old. She said, Daddy, I'm thinking it in my head. I'm thinking it in my head. That's good enough for a four-year-old. But if all you're doing is thinking it in your head and you've not, putting it, uh, you've not put it down in your journal, where do you want to go? Where are you? You don't have a plan. <clears throat> so I want to invite you, and I'm going to give you some resources this morning to get a plan um, for this year. So pick up your pen and let's go to work. <clears throat> Turn over to your questions. Journal this. There's 10 questions that you can ask yourself just to kind of prime the pump, uh, work through in your journal, just to kind of get the blood flowing. Um, and I would invite you to work through those um, as you begin to set some goals. Um, but I want to ask you to do something this morning, very deliberate about our growth in this room for the next year. So Joe and Mark and uh, Tom, if you guys would pass out a sticky to everybody, I'm, I want everybody to have a sticky note. And I'm going to ask you to put something on the sticky note. So that's going to be our uh, work uh, this morning together. And, um, you know, I am ecstatic and so humbled and so blessed at how you guys have responded and stepped up and what God has provided for the um, improvement of Ebenezer Place. Um, I mean, to have donations and contributions at this point over $235,000, I'm excited and we're moving forward and, um, this is going to be a great year uh, at Ebenezer Place. And what I want to do is I want to see something happen in this room this year um, that is significant toward the future. Our, on the Ebenezer Place um, you know, vision, we called it Building the Future by Restoring Men. And I want the future to be built here. So what I want you to do this morning is I want you to write down five men that um, you know that need to be here on Thursday morning. And my vision uh, is I want to create a problem in this room. Um, <clears throat> we generally um, are at about 70 to 75 guys. Now, before the pandemic, um, we were pretty much maxed out at 100 to 110 or so. And in the two years that we've been dealing with the pandemic, I haven't mentioned guest day until uh, the Thursday before Christmas. And we had our uh, uh, kids, sons and daughters and uh, wives in the room. And we call that guest day. That's the first time if you guys um, uh, realize it, that uh, we've mentioned guest day. We quit having guest day because of the pandemic. We were just glad to be in the room, right? Well, that's over. Um, because guest day is next Thursday. 
and first Thursday of every month will be guest day. And my dream, my vision is that we expose uh, 400 new guys uh, to men's roundtable this year. And how I come up with um, 400 is that generally, again, we're, we've been having 75 to 80 guys in the room. And five times 80 is 400. And I want you to commit to expose five of your friends to men's roundtable. And so Forrest is going to keep track because Forrest does that. Is Forrest in the room this morning? There he is. Okay. So Forrest, you're going to keep track of the, of how many new guys we expose. And at the end of the year, end of this year, um, uh, just like we've had a goal of um, improving Ebenezer place, we want to invite new guys. And at the end of the year, uh, my dream is, is that we will have exposed 400 new guys to this room by you inviting your five friends, okay? So I want you to take a minute. I want you to write them down. Now, here's the catch. Here's the catch. You got to bring somebody younger than you or it doesn't count. How about that? Because guys, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but I'm getting a little long in the tooth. And I don't want to have a Bible study in the nursing home just yet. And if we don't bring some younger guys in here, this thing's going to die. And I want you to bring somebody younger. Now, if you're on the younger side already and you're 30 years old, the principle still applies to you. You've got to bring somebody younger than you or it doesn't count. Okay. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about your younger guys. I don't, I don't, you know, you old guys, I got a 94-year-old daddy. Now, if I brought 94-year-old Papa in here, it wouldn't count for a lot of different reasons, but that's another story. <laughs> so what I'm saying is I want you to put your five guys down, and I want them to be younger than you. And as we go along this year, we're going to work toward 400. Next week is guest day. Invite your new guys. Now, just, just to whet your appetite, here's the series that we're getting ready to start. We're going to uh, look at the book of Isaiah, um, and, and we're going to uh, use the um, book uh, Renovated by Jim Wilder. And this is just the introduction the Power of Relationship to Renovate Us is the title of the series. The Power of Relationship to Renovate Us. Here's the introduction. Restoration of our soul comes when we begin our relationship with God through his son, Jesus. Restoration of our heart and mind continues because of this secure, attached relationship. So much Christian teaching tends to focus on right beliefs and right choices as the key to personal growth, but biblical evidence and modern brain science show that our character is shaped more by whom we love than what we believe. We're going to tease that out. The book of Isaiah will help us see how the promise of salvation would come through the Messiah, but in addition to bringing pardon for sin, intimate relationship with Jesus renovates us wholly 
mind, will, and emotion. This study is about showing how we can train our brains to relate to God based on a joyful, mutual connection with Jesus, which will lead to emotional, relational, and spiritual maturity. Guys, I'm excited. We'll start that series next week, and I want you to bring your younger guests next week. Five guys. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Graphic Artist here is on, is on it. Five guys. The year of the five guys. Um, so what I want you to do is I want you to take a minute. I want you to fill that out, and then I want, to, I want you to turn to your partner. Um, and I want you to, to, to tell a brief story about one of your guys, why you want that guy here. And then I want you just to say a quick sentence prayer. Lord, may you have control over this guy's heart uh, this year. All right? So put your five guys down and then turn to your partner. Share a brief story about one of your guys and pray over that list. Pray, pray for your guys and then we'll work together. Quick prayer for your guy. Father, we ask uh, that you would honor our heart uh, to build your kingdom. Use us, help us to be much more intentional and deliberate about spreading the gospel, inviting guys to hear and be exposed to something that would change their heart. And that something would be being in this room on Thursday morning and that you would transform us and transform our friends in such a way that would bring honor to you 
and healing to their broken heart. In Jesus' name, amen. 400, guys. You just do five. So let's look at growth. And our model, of course, is always best looked at in terms of Jesus. Goals for growth. What's your model? Or better yet, who's your model? Luke 2, 52 says this, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Four areas of focus that I'd invite you to think about in your own life that Jesus models just in that simple verse. The idea of wisdom. And I would suggest to you the idea of, of wisdom is emotional or experiential growth. Wisdom does not come um, from just knowing more information. I mean, that's getting ready for a trivia contest. That's all that is. Um, and knowing more knowledge is not going to get you where you want to be. But what wisdom is in the Hebrew language was your gut and, and the integration of knowing some information and experiencing life. And that's wisdom, what that's um, put together. And so it's like, what is going on inside of you? And, and that uh, is your EQ, your emotional quotient, as opposed to IQ. And that's the idea of wisdom. I know a, a lot of smart guys that are stupid. The Bible calls them fools, you know? Um, the idea of Jesus growing in wisdom was the idea of Jesus growing in experiential and emotional growth. And then, of course, the idea of his growing in stature, of course, is the idea of physical health. And we all need to be taking care of ourselves physically. I've got some new physical goals um, this year uh, myself, you know, uh, taking better care of myself. Um, I'm not a good poster child for self-care. I'm going to try to get better at that. Physical goals. The idea, of course, that God or that Jesus grew in his relationship with God is that intimate uh, spiritual relationship. He grew spiritually. He grew in his relationship with God. And again, not in knowing more information about God, but in a much more intimate, deep connection with the living God. Guys, my, my prayer um, every Thursday morning when we meet in here is that me and you, we would all leave here really believing and knowing that we've had a spiritual encounter with the living God. That's why we meet. I want you to leave here much more intimately connected to God, not being ready for some kind of stupid trivia contest that you know a little bit more information. Hmm. And then, and then it says that Jesus grew 
with men. And it's, again, it's this idea that relationships count. Relational growth. And so the model of Jesus is one that we're growing emotionally. How about dealing with that anger issue this year? That's just undermined your connection. You know, again, men, we, we are so easily moved toward anger. Um, and there's nothing wrong in uh, terms of anger in and of itself. Anger is amoral. But I'm talking about toxic anger, bad anger, vengeful, rageful anger. It's like deal with that this year. Emotional growth, physical growth, spiritual growth, relational growth, having those goals. Guys, I think that if we don't have a vision, if we don't know where we're headed, if, we, if we're just living life generally, it's an affront to the living God. I want to show you a clip out of Elizabeth, the golden age. I love this clip because I think it captures the idea of something that we can't see with our eyes open, but we see initially with our eyes closed. And that's the vision and the goals, the intentionality and the deliberateness that God puts in our heart and there's something greater out there. And then we see it with our eyes open. What you'll see in this clip um, is Sir Walter uh, Raleigh appearing before Elizabeth the Queen. And the setting in this was when Spain and England were uh, vying for world power and who was going to, to get to the new world and get to the riches of the new world first. And so there was this competition between England and Spain, England and Spain, and Sir Walter Raleigh was Queen Elizabeth's hero, could be. But he had to convince her that his goal and his dream was worth supporting. And so in this scene that you're gonna see is Sir Walter Raleigh appears before Elizabeth, and there's something very, sensual and sexual in the way that God intends us to be with him in this scene that's visionary, that's deliberate and intentional. And I think it calls us to have a similar vision. Watch this. Can you imagine what it is to cross an ocean? For weeks, you see nothing but the horizon, perfect and empty. You live in the grip of fear, fear of storms, fear of sickness on board, fear of the immensity. So you must drive that fear down deep into your belly, study your charts, watch your compass, Pray for a fair wind and hope. Pure, naked, 
fragile. Hope. Register the Archduke of the Court of Waiting. Let them wait. Go on, Mr. Raleigh. You were hoping? At first, it's no more than a haze on the horizon. So you watch. You watch. And it's a smudge. A shadow on the far water. For a day. For another day. The stain slowly spreads along the horizon taking form until on the third day you let yourself believe you dare to whisper the word land land life resurrection a true adventure Coming out of the vast unknown, out of the immensity, into new life. That, your majesty, is the new world. I think that's the way life is intended to be lived every day. Land. Life. Resurrection. The new life. Not this boring, oh, I got to pay my bills. and Oh, I got to mow the grass on Saturday. Dude, those are all real parts of life. But it's like, really? That's your goal, is to get the grass mode on Saturday? How about close your eyes and imagine what God might do in your life this year if you would just trust him? God, what do you want? What, what do I see with my eyes closed? Scripture's very clear that the things that are temporal, or the things that I see with my eyes open, that the things that are eternal is what I see with my eyes closed. And even the apostle Paul in Ephesians 1, he says to the Ephesians, may you see with the eyes of your heart. Man, what incredible imagery. Where are you headed? What do you want? Guys, I want to see this room busting up. I want the leadership team to have a problem with trying to figure out how we're going to seat more guys in this room. And many, many other dreams that you can have and I can have in our personal life. And I want to give you some resources. There on your page are resources that are on our counseling website. Um, and Jeff's going to pull these up. A hundred reflection questions. 
um, here's a hundred questions and they're broken into um, 10 question segments. These are questions that you can work through with your spouse in your own personal time. Great questions make great men. We did that series several years ago. So here's a resource. I don't, re I don't know where to start. Well, start with just some questions. So there's a resource for you. The couples planning weekend worksheet. We were fortunate enough, Carla and I were to have mentors in our life years ago when we were first married that gave us this handout and we have used this handout um, and, and we kind of think in, in our life in terms of 90 day increments. And we have tried uh, to go away uh, 90 days at a time and uh, work through our lives. And so quarterly, we get away, if, if not for a weekend, at least one night. And we have this resource, and this is a whole weekend that'll guide you through a personal retreat. There's a resource that you can work through and questions and goal sheets to work through with your spouse. Couples weekend, deliberate and intentionally building your relationship. How about number three? And number three is writing your life mission statement. This is a resource that uh, Pat Morley's ministry uh, put out. I've shared this with you before, but here's a whole resource in terms of working through the idea of writing um, your life mission statement. And several pages long, it's paint by numbers, and it'll help you um, determine what is the mission of your life. Pat Morley's done a great job on this resource. And then, and then finally, and you know, maybe, maybe this is the best resource of all in one sense. Um, and um, this is just a goal worksheet. Um, simple goal. What, how, when relative to spiritual, physical, social, vocational, financial, educational, service, material, future, family. I carry this with me um, in my journal, and I'm continually working through this and thinking through each area uh, of my life. When uh, the girls were, um, I don't know, probably uh, 12 and nine or so, 10 and seven, they're three, three years apart, we uh, would go every summer to Edisto Island, uh, which is Edisto is just south of Charleston, great beach area. And we taught them to set goals uh, even then. And we'd be drive, we would drive uh, over there and back. And on our way home, they would have their goal sheet as 10 year olds and seven year olds. Um, and they've been setting goals and using this worksheet since they were that little. And they continue to operate in that way of seeking to live their life intentionally and deliberately trusting God. I, I firmly, firmly believe that too much of that which we call Christianity and kingdom living is lived too generally. We are general Christians. We are generally 
following God. We are generally living our life, and it's so boring. I want to be like Sir Walter Raleigh that's closing his eyes. And even as 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 uh, through 13 says, you know, life is like being in a fog and I'm trying to see. And when the fog clears, I then see it clearly. That's what the passage says. And sometimes setting goals is like being in a fog, but the more you pursue the goal, the more you're intentional and the more you're deliberate, the more you move toward the prize. Guys, I believe 2022 is going to be the best year ever. In this room and in our personal lives. As I said earlier, um, you guys have responded so wonderfully, humbly um, over the Ebenezer Place um, vision to improve uh, that place for the sake of uh, men being restored and transformed. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And I think that as we go through the year here at Men's Roundtable, um, that this room could be bursting with men. I think that's why God has us here. I mean, what is the purpose of your life? I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Goals for growth. Be intentional. Guys, it's time to take charge. Not take control. There's a difference between taking control and taking charge. I don't have control <laughs> over much of anything. I am um, directed in Scripture to uh, be in control of my life, to be in control of my emotions and my reactions, my responses. But the idea of taking charge is setting goals for a new year. And you know, one of the reasons why we don't take charge is because we're afraid of failure. And some of us are afraid of success. And I, and I find in my counseling practice that men and women who are afraid of success is just as epidemic as men and women who are afraid um, or just fearful. Sabotage is one of the great tools in the enemy's hand. We just sabotage it. It's time to take charge. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, guys, we have taught this passage over and over through the years here at Men's Roundtable. You're saved by grace. You're not saved by your works. You're not trying to earn your way in. 
Thank God for that because we wouldn't have a chance. But the grace of God that brings us into the kingdom is intended to give us purpose to do the work of the kingdom. So what's your work? What's God called you to do? Well, that's easy on one level to love and be loved. So I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll kind of prime the pump. So your first work is to be a better lover this year. So what does that look like? Now, again, if you just leave that statement on your goal sheet, I'm going to be a better lover in 2022. Tease that out. What does that look like? You know, what does it look like? Put shoe leather on it. Walk that out. What would it look? Ask your wife what that would look like. Well, yeah, maybe. You'll have to decide that. But don't ask the question if you don't want to hear the answer. But guys, working that through, what are the good works that God has given me to do in this year? I, I, I think retirement, that word, is a joke. It's a joke. Now, I don't, I don't disagree that retirement is good in terms of, you know, you, you, know, you change uh, and transition from your normal job and you're drawing your Social Security and drawing your, you know, retirement fund and all that. But it's like, dude, as long as you've got breath, there's work to be done. What is it? You know? It's like the scripture's still true for an 80-year-old guy as it is a 30-year-old guy created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I'm excited. 2022, best year ever. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you uh, that you've given us breath. You've given us life. You've given us so much through your grace. None of it deserved by us. Thank you, Lord. Help us to be good stewards of every breath that we take, every gift that we have, every means that we have to exercise that which you have given us in an outreach kind of way. May we do that, each one of us, in this year in a way that brings honor to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. See you next week.